The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. You know where Brother from Another has been all week? Right here. Fabulous Las Vegas. As a matter of fact, I think I saw a sign when we were coming into town. Las Vegas welcomes Brother from Another. Wow. To the Strip. What an honor. To the Strip, because I think they are fans of My Bet's Your Money. I had a phenomenal season. I had one of those seasons. You were on a heater. See, it's like people say, hey, Vegas was built on the backs of people who think they're going to get over. But not on my back. Not on Holly's not back. Not on my back. Not because on I had back. one of those outlier seasons. <laughs> That's that was pretty right. good. That was pretty good. Not, you know, not 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 to bag, not to brag. What's what was my number? What was my record, Gary? Say it again. Twenty-four, nine, Ooh. and one. Wow. Against the spread. So Vegas actually hates you. Twenty-four, nine, and one. Vegas hates you. So the question, Liv, for my last my bet's your money. That's right. Of the season, who do we, we do roll it? with? Do we roll with San Francisco? Do we roll with Kansas City? Before you answer that question, let me just say, where are my manners? Hey, hey nice to meet you. We're here. <laughs> person, listen, I've done so many shows with Liv. I've done so we're many here. shows with Liv. I saw her walking around Radio Row. We're here at Radio Row. It's busier, as you guys can tell if you've been following us all week. It's busier now than it has been all week. I said, wait a minute. I know her. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm real. I know. I'm a real person. That face always live moods. It's me. I'm here. So you're in here. In the flesh. I'm here. It's good to see you. It's Glad so good to, to do see a show you. with you in person. Yes. This is awesome. And so um, I know you've said some things. I've said a lot of you things. Said yeah. <laughs> you said a lot of things. You said some things. Yeah. Fortunately, I think we're both happy. The Buffalo's not here. Oh, yeah. So we Bill's have, Mafia. We you already have, know. I don't even have to say it. You we, know what time it we is. We wouldn't have been able to deal with that. Oh, I, I don't think I would be able to be here. Okay. I'd be at home. So Buffalo's yeah. not here. They're Unfortunately not here. for you, the Broncos aren't here. Well, yeah. I think we knew we that knew was going to happen with September? Yeah. October, August? Okay. <laughs> now he's going too far. Now he's going too far. Now I've had it. <laughs> but yes, no. We Broncos aren't here. Bills, thankfully, not here. But the Niners are here. But Brock Purdy is here. Brock Purdy's here. You've got a viral. You've got a viral clip. Yeah. It is. Vi- the thing has gone. It is soared. It's, it's very viral. Uh huh. And yep. So just clarify. You said what about Brock Purdy? Because a lot of people think. Well, okay. Well, before you answer that. Let's play the Brock Purdy clip Ooh. from when was it October? Yeah, November. I can't like remember. Yeah, and I was complicit there because I I was laughing and I agree with you uh, when you said it. But let's play this Brock Purdy clip and see how we feel about it in February. 
I would absolutely not put Brock Purdy in MVP conversation. I will die on this hill, and I have said it for months. When I'm looking at a quarterback in an MVP position, that is a quarterback that I trust that no matter who is injured, no matter what players are on the field, they can in some capacity take over a game and win that football game. Brock Purdy has an elite skill player in almost every position on offense on the field with him at any given moment. You take those people away, and he had a very different game. 49ers were not winning. He was turning the ball over. The MVP is top of the line. I can trust that person. No matter who's out there, figure it out and win a game. You take away some of those elite skill players, consider him maybe slightly above average. By himself, he is not an elite quarterback. He is a quarterback on an elite team. He is not an elite quarterback. I love when other people say it and I don't have to. Woo. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Okay, I haven't seen that clip in a while. So as wow. I go back and watch that clip, yeah. see, that it, it tells me two things. Okay, let me hear him. Uh, one is that a lot of, um, not our neighbors, uh, other people's neighbors, uh, really struggle. Hey, there's Sheena, another one. What's up? <laughs> um, a lot of people struggle with nuance. Yeah, yeah. People just struggle with nuance. They, 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 they hear maybe 65% of what you say. Correct. They're selective then, hearing for sure. So they hear that, 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 okay, that's fine. You only hear 65%. But then they add their own 35%. Yes, yes, Nobody told do. you to add the 35%. They do. 65%. So what you said is 100% accurate. It's I, 100% I accurate. You said if you take certain things away... He's not the same okay. quarterback. Okay, yeah. let, let's, let's use a real-life example. Okay. Because San Francisco's in the Super Bowl. Yes. They're not playing themselves. They're Correct. playing the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Correct. Patrick Mahomes had Tyree Kill taken away from him. And he's still Patrick last, Mahomes. Yeah, last year, he had uh, his, you know, the receiver who drew the key penalty in the Super Bowl last year? This is laughable. Because I saw this guy. In New England, it was Juju. Juju Smith Schuster caught yeah. like 75 balls last year for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had almost, I had almost a thousand yards. He actually, somebody thought they needed to hold Juju Smith Schuster in the Super Bowl. It's insane. They, they felt like, oh, I got to hold this guy. And he's not good. No. And, and the thing but with Brock Purdy, like. It's Patrick Mahomes can do that. And, correct. And, and, and many people can't. I think Josh correct. Allen can do that. I, I think Joe Burrow can do that. And that's the thing. Okay, so, yeah. so when I see that clip over again, the only thing I would change about what I said is I did say he's slightly above average. He is above average. I will give him that. The only other thing that I would change about what I said he, I understand that the nature of being a quarterback is that you use what you've got, right? Yeah. We're talking a plug-and-play system the 49ers have had in place for a long time. I'm not going to knock the 49ers for doing that because they're very smart. They know what they're doing. That's why they're a successful team. They have this plug-and-play system. They can take a guy like Brock Purdy, put him in a system that's already built. But not only does he have an elite skill player on offense, we're talking defensively as well. There's a coaching advantage here. They've got elite defensive players on the field at all times. They've got offensive players on the field at all times. I don't want to take away from who Brock Purdy is as a quarterback. However, he is not a quarterback that I would trust to single-handedly okay. win a game, make an impact. Again, and I think what, what started that conversation with that clip was that 
I'd give it to a guy like Christian McCaffrey before I give it to a guy like Brock okay, Purdy. So I don't want to take away from who Brock Purdy is as a quarterback, the talent and skill set that he has. But to me, he's in a perfect system to maybe look and appear better than he actually is. All right, here's the problem. Uh-oh. Here's a problem with these with these takes that you have and that I have. Correct. And 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 so it's it's a tough position to be in when you say something and you believe it, you believe it to be true. Yes. It's a good take. Yes. Then and you say it in October or November and there's a lot of season <laughs> left. There's a lot of ebbs and flows with right. the take. Right. It looks good okay. some weeks, it looks real bad other weeks. But even worse than that, you find yourself, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Uh, you find yourself rooting for the take and oh. rooting and, and sometimes You want to know why I like the Chiefs this week? Rooting I'm against, rooting for the take. Rooting for the take. <laughs> I'm rooting for even, the take. Absolutely. I'm a Broncos even, fan. It kills me to be rooting for the Chiefs. But we're yeah, in an industry gotta, where yeah, that take, you know. You know it's a really interesting. It's an interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. Uh, you're, in a, you're in a tough position. I am. Because what happens when these teams, when teams win Super Bowls, it just gives them this fuel. It gives them this Absolutely. invincibility. And now they become, even if you look at, if you, okay, if, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Yep. Chiefs win the Super Bowl and you just go across the board and you give the Broncos, out of their 53 guys, you give the Broncos more talent. So if you, if you determine that the Broncos have nine more talented players mm-hmm. than the Chiefs, it doesn't matter because the Chiefs have won. See, these teams become harder to knock out when they win the Super Bowl. Yep. So now you're almost rooting for more fuel yes. <laughs> for the Kansas City Chiefs, which will be harder for Correct. the Broncos to overcome them, not to mention now that you got Jim Harbaugh in your division too. Right. I'm battling hurt yeah. myself now or hurt myself later. I either prolong the pain or yeah. I just get it over with right now. So you're rooting for Kansas City. I got that. Do you I am. think but do you if you can kind of untangle and separate do you think that there's a case to be made that Kansas City is clearly the better team? No, I would not say that. Okay. I would not say that Kansas City is the better team. I think actually as a whole the 49ers are probably the better team. But what I also think is that I can already see it now. At least two or three roughing the passer calls in favor of Patrick Mahomes. This is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. You have to understand, we, there's no more Brady. So who's the next guy that gets the calls that is that is the— Oh, don't do this. I, I, no, I'm going to do it. Don't do this. I'm going to do it. Don't do I'm gonna this. I'm going to do it. Say, so say. the thing is, better team 49ers. Okay. Right, right. Bigger legacy and more on it, I, I would say it's probably the Chiefs. I think that the Chiefs are going to be set up for success a little bit more. All right. When we, when we do this— uh, before I before I get to the my point about Chiefs Niners and who's better, you said oh there's no more Tom Brady. I th- the suggestion is that, that Tom is, Brady is the got new- these calls that other quarterbacks don't get, and they all get them. Most of them do. Most of them do. Yes. Most of them do. Now, if you're really if you're a really erratic quarterback, and I, I wonder maybe like unconscious bias from the officials, if you're really erratic. They just let you. They just throw you to the wolves. They don't call like. They don't call personal fouls. True. They let you get like. You get hit in the head. Get hit in the neck. Hit in the chest. And the officials are like, oh, oh, you're a runner. Like you don't do that for elite quarterbacks. Elite quarterbacks, you give them a little tap. Or even good quarterbacks, give them a little it's tap. True. There's a penalty. So Patrick Mahomes gets the benefit of the doubt. 
Brock Purdy will get the In benefit of the doubt. In comparison to Brock well. Purdy, yes. He'll get he it as will. well. Patrick Mahomes will get the benefit of the doubt over Brock Purdy. Absolutely. All right. Now, this breakdown uh, who's the better team? We keep looking at rosters. I'll tell you where it's most lopsided between the Niners and the, and the Chiefs. It's most lopsided. The coaching staff. Coaching staff. Coaching. Okay, just a head guy. The head guy, Andy Reid. Yep. And getting through to his players and being able to adapt to game situations on the fly. It's not the same thing every week. Mm-mm. It's not the same every Mm-mm. week. And, you know, Andy Reid doesn't have that record that uh, that Kyle Shanahan does where, it, where now he's got two. He's got two wins. But before the Green Bay game, going into the fourth quarter when his teams are trailing, and the record was abysmal. It was like it was awful. I I I'd lost track. It was really bad. Somebody find it. Somebody fact check me. Okay, fact check, fact check <laughs> fact me on this. Check. But I think I think the record now is like two and thirty, three and thirty. It was really bad. Andy Reid doesn't have that problem. No. Um, all right, now look at defensive coordinators. Shout out Steve Wilkes did a good job at the Panthers. Got him to six and six when they were a disaster. Good for you, Steve Wilkes, Steve Spagnolo. I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, that, no, that, you're, you're, you're that, right. That's, that's not a good matchup. So just coaching, I think coach, especially in the Super Bowl, everything. I was going to say there's the a lot of pressure. Little yeah, things yeah. And pressure. It's going to come down to coaching mistakes and or non-mistakes. I mean, I, I, I think that you're right there. I think that there's obviously talent on both sides of the ball here. Both quarterbacks capable. I trust one more than the other, but... It is going to come down to the wire. I mean, Vegas has had this line sitting really, really tight for weeks now. So I do think that it is going to be a matter of coaching. And I do I think Reed's got it. He's done Who, it. Yeah. He's already done it. Who's had the line? Who's had the line for a while now? Who'd you say? Just the books in general. It's uh, and, been. And it's what, been what, say it again. Though. What, what city is it? City, Vegas. 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 Okay. I take Vegas. I eat Vegas for lunch. Oh, my God. I eat Vegas. Go. Vegas has nothing on me. I'm not intimidated by Las Vegas. You are jinxing. I what, am, okay, so I'm not intimidated by Vegas. Like I, I got he's the jinxing. So I, whatever he's taking, I'm taking the opposite. I've decoded. I have decoded Vegas. I've solved the Vegas puzzle. There's a lot of hype. Yeah, you know what you got to do with a bully? What do they say? You got to go to get a ghost toe to toe with the bully. And you're toe to toe with Vegas. I'm, I'm not toe to toe. Vegas can't see me anymore. I was, I was toe-to-toe with Vegas. But then Vegas went down. <laughs> Vegas went down. So, so, so what, 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 what 20, are you thinking? What are you thinking for this game then? 24, 9, and 1 is the record. Because I, I have a feeling you're about to jinx yourself. And the record is actually, actually is better than that. Because I voted, uh, I, I voted with my heart. So I picked Ohio State over Michigan just because I had to. But if I had been thinking... I would have gone with Michigan. Well, you did. But I can't say that. I know, but I should have, could have, would have. No, I you know? my picks. Most of my picks were what I believed. Um, but the, the Ohio State pick that was just yeah, yeah a I little mean, bit of bias. Hold on. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, uh, so what Lynn, do you believe for the Super Bowl? I can't tell you yet. I can't tell you. You gonna be around tomorrow? Yes. Okay, I'll tell you tomorrow. Maybe. Top secret. All right. Top secret. Liv Moods is here. She will be here. We have seen her in person. She's real, everybody. She's real. Real deal. We're out here in this little little town. It's a little village. This is a real city, Vegas. I think so. Little village. Got nothing. 
That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Then on me. <laughs> Super Bowl 58 will be played on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. You got the 49ers. You got Brock Purdy there. You got the Chiefs. And that particular banner is featuring Travis Kelsey. But let's be honest. We talk a lot about quarterbacks. It's always the quarterbacks. Comes back to the quarterbacks, <laughs> fairly or unfairly. And this man knows that better than most. It's not every day you get to hang out with the Hall of Famer. Warren Moon is here. Michael, how Hall are you, Fame. man? I'm doing great. And and what I was talking about quarterbacks. But when, did you, when did you make that adjustment? When did you hit that reality of, hey, if I do well, They'll give me more credit maybe than I deserve. If I don't do well, they'll put everything on my shoulders. When, when did you realize that in, in your career? Was that year one? I realized it when I was 11 years old, <laughs> believe it or not. My, my coaches let me know that you are the most important position on the team. You're the leader, and if we win, it's going to be because of you. So I found that out at a very, very young age. And that was, that was the thing I liked about it. I loved the fact that everything was uh, put on my shoulders and I could handle it. Man, I and I, I know we can't tell this story enough. I'm just I'm just excited and encouraged, and I, and I know a lot of people are in the same position that I'm in, uh, especially people of a certain age. I'm excited about your diligence to play the position, no matter what. I'm sure yeah. there's so many guys who said, "Okay, yeah, you're not gonna let me play quarterback. Yeah, I'll play corner. I'll play safety. I'll, I'll switch to running back." I'm just glad that you just. Stuck to your yeah to my guns. your principle yeah well I I knew that's I, what I was good at and I I kind of measured myself against my peer group and and how good I was against the guys that I was playing against and that and and I worked at it and I, and I I felt like I was a good enough player to be able to at least go to the next level which was when I was in Pop Warner the next level was high school so I felt like I was good enough to at least go play quarterback in high school well some people didn't want me to play quarterback in high school but I just stayed at it and um, yeah every level that I went to it was always somebody telling me no for whatever reason and I knew a lot of what the reason was but I just kept uh, plugging away at it and as I was going to just say whoever gave me that opportunity to play it I was going to be ready when uh, when that opportunity came I wasn't going to feel sorry for myself or hang my head or not work out as hard if anything I did the opposite. And now you see quarterbacks, and I'd love to get your take on this. You see quarterbacks of all races, of all backgrounds, playing the position yeah. in different ways. I mean, you've got you got a little bit of everything. You got your drop back guys. You got your dual threads. Uh, you know, you got you got a lot right. in the NFL in 2023, 24. 
How would you characterize the way the position is being played now, just overall? I love the way it's being played because just like you said, there's a lot of variety at the position. Uh, not as many of the straight drop back guys anymore, but there's still some of those. Uh, but nowadays you have to be able to be more of an athlete. You have to be able to move around and make things happen on your own, make uh, off-schedule plays. You have to be able to get outside the pocket and buy time a little bit because defensive players are so fast now that uh, every now and then one of your guys is going to get beat and you're going to have to avoid somebody and still make a play down the field. And that's what separates, I think, the guys who they call the, the, the managers of the game at quarterback from the guys who can make those off-schedule type plays. And, and uh, every quarterback is a, is a manager. There's no question about it. But it's the ones who can make those plays when everything breaks down and still make a big play out of it. Would you like to play in this era? Would, would this oh. would your, your game would translate very well to... I would have loved right now, to right? play right now because of the way they protect you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, yeah. I would still be playing today yeah. if we got protected the way they do now. But um, yeah, I, look I, at I, it and I say, was, "Wow, they call a that's a flag." <laughs> that used to happen to me like I six, feel six sorry times for defensive a game. Players watching the game now, they don't know where to hit the quarterback anymore because every time you hit him or you fall on him, you're going to get a flag for it. So uh, I understand why they protect the quarterback. He's one of the most important commodities on a football team, and when the quarterback goes down the backup is usually a big drop off so the league wants the quarterback who is the most important player to always be upright and be able to to play every week you know i, th I think about you know your era of football just, you were so much fun to watch your team the houston oilers not the texas the houston oilers yes. were fun to watch and the run and shoot i mean just a lot of uh, a lot of exciting plays and a lot, a lot of exciting quarterback play on your part and i think about it uh now uh in so some classic things have held up, and some classic things aren't as appreciated as they used to be. And I say that because you think about who's not in the game right now. All right, Bill Belichick is not coaching. He missed out on this coaching cycle. Pete Carroll not coaching. is not coaching. Mike Vrabel is not coaching in this. I mean, it's just, and you go to the college rank, Nick Saban. Nick Saban, Nick yes. Saban is not coaching. <laughs> it's just strange to me. Uh, why do you think that is, especially with Pete? I know you know that area very well. You know Pete well. Is, is, did Seattle just kind of lose it? Like, I, I can't believe that they moved on from Pete Carroll. The NFL is a copycat league, and uh, it seems like the younger coaches are the ones that are having the most success now, and that's where everybody seems to want to go. They want to go to the younger coaches for maybe it's the ideas that they have offensively and defensively. Maybe it's their relationship with players, how they relate to these young players today. Not really sure exactly the reason why, but uh, some of these older coaches now are, are considered dinosaurs, and, and it's too bad because they still have, I think, a lot to offer to the game. Yeah. But um, they're going with the young guys. <laughs> and tell me, tell me, because uh, uh, before we go, I, I want to hear what you what you've got going on. You're not just a guy who's done it on the field. You do some stuff off the field. What do you have uh, going on right now? What are you representing today? Yeah, I'm working with the NFL alumni. We're doing a lot of different programs around the country, using players to uh, to give back to those communities. Uh, we're working on a program that just got launched today with the Better Business Bureau. Uh, the, the Heart of Texas um, program where we're going to try and find the, the next set of young business leaders around the country. And we've got about 170 players around the country from 30 different markets that are working with these programs to try and help young kids, teach them the values and things that we learned as football players, 
but those things will definitely uh, help you in business as well, as far as you're know, working as a team and, and ethics and trust and different things like that that, that are going to um, help you as you go into the, to the business side of the world. So we have a lot of guys like myself. I had my own marketing company for 11 years. Um, I have a, a foundation, and I worked in broadcasting for 15 years. So even though I played the game for a long time, I, I still did business uh, away from the, from the game when I, when I retired. And I can you know, kind of help other young people who want to get into business the same way that, uh, that I was helped along the way. So uh, there's a lot of players that are doing this. They want to give back to communities because that's what the NFL alumni is all about, is about caring about their communities and helping young people. Yeah, I love to hear it, Warren. It's always great. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Thank you. So thank, thank you, you for stopping thanks by. Thanks for having me on. And thanks right, for any, hearing the message. Anytime. Right. Anytime. Appreciate you. Warren Moon, the great Warren Moon, Hall of Famer. Joining brother from another in. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Extra, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Las Vegas. All right, welcome back to Las Vegas and Brother from Another. Look at that. You got all kinds of stuff here in Vegas. You know, you hear about anything in Vegas and you're not surprised. There's a, whether it's music, whether it's gambling, whether it's food, the latest, newest hotel, the spot, whatever it is, if you hear that it's in Vegas, you say, oh, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Michael Lombardi is here, a former NFL executive. He's an author, a two-time author. And so you know what happens, uh, Michael, when you get to being a two-time author, then you get the bug. You have the bug now? You have the bug now? You I, wanna... I really like the writing. I do, Michael. I, I like writing. I write every day. I, we have a website uh, with the great George Raveling, the former basketball coach. Oh, yeah called The Daily Coach, uh, and we write every day for that about leadership and those kind of things. So, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's, you know, I wanted to have a second career after the NFL. I spent 35 years in the NFL, and writing has proven to be a, a good vehicle. Plus, it allows you to clear your mind and kind of think of some things, as you would know. Yeah, uh, and then it can be a little frustrating at times when it doesn't, when yeah. it doesn't just flow like uh, you want yeah. it to. You no, gotta, it never does. You got to take right? some walks and yeah, you you know you read a lot of question books about your the life choices. Process. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I've always been fascinated by your journey. Think about the and I'm sure you have 
And for those who don't know, Michael Lombardi has worked with Bill Walsh, has worked with Al Davis, has worked with Bill Belichick. I mean, I'm just talking about those guys. I'm sure there are others, but mm -hmm. if you think about NFL pillars, uh, it's yeah. hard to tell the NFL story without including yeah. those guys. What was that like for you? I, I would, the first word that comes to mind is intimidating. Well, you know, I started with Coach Walsh in 84. I was basically a gopher. I, you know, I was worked in the personnel department, and we were in a very small building at 711 Nevada Street. And I worked in the scouting department, but I also drove him wherever he needed to go to. And it was a great learning experience, Michael. He really educated me on, you know, what it was about scouting. And he didn't want me to be a guy with a whistle around my neck. He basically encouraged me, and I wrote about this in Gridiron Genius, to understand leadership, to really get into the leadership sector and learn about it. He told me to go buy a book by Tom Peters in search of excellence, and I did at the Stanford Bookstore. And that kind of propelled me in my career, and to this day, he's still influential in my life. One of the biggest regrets I have in life is I left him too early. You know, sometimes you think you've learned enough, but you really haven't. Right. And, and his part, his daily part in my life, like this game today, this, this game should be the Bill Walsh game because we wouldn't be here without Bill Walsh because the offense of the Chiefs, the offense of the 49ers started with him and the evolution of the game from him and how these two teams operate from him. His impact on both franchises, even though he never worked for the Chiefs, is really what this game's all about. So then you go to, we're in Las Vegas, home of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. So then there's Al Davis. And, they, you know, it's easy to caricature Al Davis because of the, I, yeah. my man was always fresh with the white jumpsuits and, and like, you know, the, the accent, the Raiders and all this stuff in some of the um, confrontations with the league. But there was a lot more to Al Davis yeah. than that. You know, what did you take away from your time with him? When I was driving the car for Walsh, he said to me, the most football he ever learned in his life was working for the Raiders. And at that moment, I wanted to work for the Raiders. And there's so much to learn, right? The history of the game, the understanding of the offense, understanding players and plays, right? Walsh was big on this, too. You know, it's one thing to scout a player. It's another thing to scout how the player fits into the scheme, to understand the schemes, to understand the complete game. You can't really scout outside in. You have to scout inside out. And so he taught me that. And he taught me also the game management. A lot of people in this league, starting with Parcells, learned game management from 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 uh, Al Davis, Bill Walsh included, understanding why you should call timeout at certain points of the game, why you shouldn't, how to manage the clock, how to set up, and probably the most important lesson he taught me was after every single game, understanding why you won and why you lost. Mm. And a lot of people can't do that, right. right? A lot of people lie to themselves about why they lost and lie to themselves about why they win. And only really good teams who are honest with, with ego out of it can do that. That's a good point. And then, uh, of course, you know, Bill Belichick, I've told people this before, uh, of just being around Belichick, a lot of people are thrown off by, and I'm sure you've seen it many times, the Belichick stare. <laughs> and at this, he'll just look for a while. You'll say something to him, and he'll look. And this, this won't surprise you, but it surprises people when I say he's an excellent listener. He is the most incredible listener. He's an excellent listener. This whole Sometimes crap about collaboration <laughs> is the biggest joke of all time. He's intimidating with his knowledge, right? right? Look, today in this world that we have, the world you live in and I live in, the only form of currency is knowledge, right? 
And if you're intimidated by Amen. his knowledge, that's your fault, not his. Thank you. That's your fault, I've not his. I've said that before. I can't. I, and, don't don't burden me Atlanta, with your insecurities. You're Atlanta. Yeah. You've won set 21 games in three years. Yeah. You're telling me that you're colli- he can't collaborate? Now, he may have different ideas on how to do things. Your ideas haven't worked out so well. you got 21 wins. And so, for me, he's the greatest listener of all. Walsh and him had this unique ability to listen and hear to think, and then take that information and make the right decision. See, collaboration only works if you give them the right information. Collaboration doesn't Ooh, work. Oh, say it again. Say right? it again. Did collaboration work? There's a Ooh. scene in the Chicago Bears draft room where Ryan Pace, who's now the assistant GM in Atlanta, he stands up and he says, everybody in the room agree. Mitchell Trubisky's the right guy. We all agree. Coaches, you agree? Yes. Scouts, you agree? Yes. We're turning the card for Mitchell Trubisky. That was collaborating. That was completely wrong, but it was collaborating. See, there's the problem. Right. Nobody's, right. No, you, nobody understands that. And so that's why the Mike Vrabels and the Belichicks aren't working right now because they don't. everybody defines collaboration completely different. He, I'm glad you said that. I say it and people say, well, you're just his friend. I work with the guy. I know him. And, you know, Belichick used to say this uh, all the time. He used to say, uh, no, I will take ideas if it makes sense. If, but you've got to be able to, like, you can talk to Bill Belichick if your argument, if you've built, if you've built an argument that's solid, he'll listen to it. Right. And he, he may even, he'll consider it. He always would. And you can push back if it makes sense. Right. But you've got to have guts to but go to, to him. Right. That's you got to have guts to go to him. That's and if you don't is. have enough knowledge to challenge. Look, I've been fortunate enough that when I worked for Al, he challenged you to think and challenged you to, to, to be good at your game. And I worked for him, and it's the same thing. And if you're intimidated to walk in a room because he knows way more football than you do, then you need to go out of the room and learn football. Right. So we, have, uh, we had a conversation here uh, earlier this week. Um, you know, Lawrence Jackson, who lives in Atlanta, and I was teasing him a little bit. I said, all right, uh, Lawrence, um, way back in the day, the Atlanta Falcons had a chance to hire Vince Lombardi. Begin. They didn't. Uh, now they have a chance to hire Bill Belichick. They hired Raheem Morris. Like, how, how do you reconcile? He goes, no, Raheem is the right choice. I'm like, okay. But will history be kind to the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> when they'll say, we had an opportunity to hire Bill Belichick? And uh, we didn't do it. All right. So why do you? Why? I mean, why didn't I that know happen? exactly why they didn't? They're intimidated. Okay. So let's go back. So Rich McKay has been with the team since 2003. He is the consigliere to Arthur Blank, and that won't change no matter what role he has in the company. And before this whole process started, Rich McKay wanted Raheem Morris to be the head coach of the Falcons. That's what he wanted. Oh, he wanted this from the start. From the start. Yeah. From the very giddy up. When Arthur Blank and McKay called to see if Belichick would be interested, there was a conversation that McKay was not going to be involved which would clear one hurdle to at least have Belichick talk to him, okay? And then Belichick was told that Fontenot's going to stay within the team, which Belichick was not against that. However, there was going to have to be some things that have to be done differently than they've been doing them before. For example, there's no workout bonuses in the Falcons' contracts for players to come in the offseason. For Belichick, that's a big thing. So we're going to have to change that. Well, Fontenot and the boys, they didn't really want to do much of that change. And so... That's not a power thing. That's how to build a team thing. And I think that's the thing. You mentioned Blank had a chance to hire, or the Falcons. They had a chance. They wanted, Blank wanted to hire Parcells. Didn't do it. He wanted to hire Gibbs. Didn't do it. He wanted to hire Belichick, but after two, three weeks, he got talked out of it. 
and he's and he wasn't strong enough of his conviction to be able to say, hey, this is what I want to do. Most owners do do that, and I think that's ultimately what. So now you have, and I like Raheem. I think Raheem deserves a second chance more than anybody. But you're not going to sit there and tell me you're committed to winning. You're committed to winning as a franchise when you're picking Fontenot and Raheem the same person that sent out a press release that said they weren't interested in Lamar Jackson last year. Remember that? That's right. Okay. Yep. So you're telling me you're interested in winning and you're not going to talk you're not going to hire the greatest coach of all time who was willing to work with the people within the framework of the team. And so why wouldn't they cuz I can understand from Belichick's perspective why he would workout bonuses it's worked for him in the past with the uh, with the Patriots. Hey, it's incentive to come in instead of going off on your own. Why wouldn't the Falcons do it? Because they've done things their way. Change is hard for people. You know, change is really hard. And when you get stuck in your ways and you have an owner that doesn't force change, right? What is the great thing about Belichick? What's the great thing about Walsh? They were the instrument of change, right? They were divergent in thought. When you're stuck in your ways, you don't want change. And look, let's face it, 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 it George Young had this great saying. It says, people want to guard their desk. They're guarding their desk. Love that. Nobody, you, you bring right. Belichick in, you can't guard your desk anymore. You got to, as Al Davis used to tell me all the time, Michael, he used to say, hey, kid, at some point you got to play in a game. And what he was saying was either you're good enough to, 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 with football or you're not. At some point, your knowledge has to play in the game. Yeah, you got to figure that out. You got to figure it out. Uh, tell me, uh, tell me about this. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Before we let you go, I need to hear more about your book, your second book. You had your first one, Gridiron Genius, but the second one. The Football Done Right is a book about, really, I want to honor some of the people that have come before us. I thought last two weeks ago in Detroit, 30,000 people showed up to sit in Ford Field in uncomfortable chairs, pay $20 for a beer to watch a game they could watch at home. But they did it because they love the Lions, because the history of the Lions is in their blood. The Honolulu blue and the silver. Most people don't realize the silver from that uniform is what Al Davis stole for the silver and black. It was the Army Knights mm. and the silver from the line. They have great tradition. The great Buddy Parker, the coach there, oh, yeah. was developed the nickel defense. If you went to Alabama or New England's practices and they yelled for the star position, which is the nickel corner, mm -hmm. Buddy Parker, that was he, he called it the star. He started all that. So we didn't honor enough of the history of the game. So what I do, the book is about the coaching trees, what I call the White Oaks, which are the five ultimate coaching trees in this league. Red Blake, Sid Gilman, the great Clark Shaughnessy, who developed mm -hmm. the quarterback. We would not have Patrick Mahomes right. if it wasn't for Clark Shaughnessy. He's not in the Hall of Fame. We can't get him in the Hall of Fame. How's Clark Shaughnessy? I, I, He's in the I'm College shocked. Hall of Fame. He's Clark not Shaughnessy's in it. We not can't the get him up for that, right? That's amazing. And then, That's I, amazing and then I put a criteria for coaches. Like, there should be a criteria for coaches to get in the Hall of Fame. It just shouldn't be arbitrarily argued. For example, Marty Schottenheimer, 200 career wins, okay? Love now, it. there's eight men on planet Earth, eight men on planet Earth that have been on planet Earth that have been called head coaches in the NFL that have 200 wins. Regular season, 200 wins. Only eight. Marty's one of eight. One of eight out of 530 that have been hit. And he can't even get a sniff. Yeah. There's something wrong with the – so the book's about that. And then I rank the top 100 players of all time. And, and I try to take it on a journey to where people – like Joe Montana could have been a Chicago Bear. When Bill Tobin kissed his wife the morning of the draft, she said to him, Bill, promise me you'll draft Montana in the third round. It's a true story. <laughs> Is this true? True story. Right. Bill Tobin told his wife, dear, we will draft Joe Montana in the third round if he's there for us. He was. They drafted Willie McClendon. Oh, 
running back and, from Georgia. And then, and then, uh, like a lot of wives, she said, "What the hell are you doing?" Well, yeah, what I mean, I, like a lot of wives, I, I was right, I, you were wrong. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Come and, on. And, and what I want to add to that story. What I want to add to that story. If Montana would have gone to the Bears, he would have been great too. You think so? Though? He's great I mean, no matter where you play him. Yeah, he would have been great, but you know, four, you know, four. It Super may Bowls, not have been the great kind of Super way Bowls, we did it, yeah. but look, Montana. You don't. Montana got recruited by North Carolina State when they were great in basketball. This Montana was a great player. Notre Dame. He's in the. He's in the locker room drinking chicken soup. He's got hypothermia. He comes out and he wins the Cotton Bowl. Greatness doesn't hide. Can't hide it. You can't hide greatness. All right, can't hide these stories either. Can't hide this book. Where can people get the book before we go? Oh, you buy the book, Football Done Right. It's on all your favorite bookshops online. It's in bookstores everywhere. Mike, Appreciate it, Mike. Fascinating conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks Thank so you. much, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, Michael Lombardi. See, I did it, didn't I? Start off saying Michael, and then I complain. Hey, <laughs> start off Michael, and then you get to Mike. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I'm Italian. I answered anything. Come on. This is my first time in radio. Look at this lineup, Kendrick Bourne. All Jeez. week, all week, we're all here. You got the Dan Patrick Show talking about the Super Bowl. You got Fantasy Football Happy Hour talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> right next to me, where they were a little bit ago, Mike Florio, Chris Sims talking about the Super Bowl. And, of course, here we are, brother from another. Yes, sir. We're here all week getting ready for Super Bowl 58, Niners and Chiefs. Mm. I am joined by Kendrick Bourne. First of all. Look at the gear. Look at the fit. Okay, it looks good. My man's got his own clothing line. Yes, so sir. Let's, let's, so let's talk about that first. So I, like, we'll I, get to football. I, get out and talk about football. <laughs> I want to talk about clothes first. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so I got a Born Blessed brand that I'm promoting, man. It's a clothing line, like as you said. Um, the motto behind it, man, is that you was born blessed. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, um, if you take it with the right perspective, anything you've been through, trials and tribulations, it's to make you better, man. So ultimately, you was born blessed. So that's what I'm promoting, so, man. So open you know, that up a little bit so we can little, see it. Uh, there it is. So All I'm right. Samoan. So I'm Samoan in black. So yeah. I got kind of the tribal vibe. It's like some old English lettering. So trying to promote my, my culture and, 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 and the gospel in a sense. So, so, you know, just promoting positivity. I like that. Yes, uh, promoting positivity. I, I told you off the air. I got a thought on that. I'll come back to that in a yes, second. Sir. Where can we find it? Oh, yeah, borndrip.com. Thank you for reminding okay, me, Of course. Borndrip.com. Yeah. Kind of want to change the name, still working on it. But you can order clothes on there, man, so check it out. 
So Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver for the New England Patriots, former wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers as well. I will watch you play. Mm -hmm. I have never seen a player, whether he takes a hit, (laughs) whether he makes a catch, drops a ball, it doesn't matter. I've never seen a player play with so much energy and and with a smile, a football player. Yes, sir. In the National Football League. (laughs) Where where is that coming from, man? Like, I, your energy is just like yes, nonstop. Sir. I've never seen you down. That. I appreciate that, man. I, uh, so it's a funny thing. So I don't wear a mouthpiece. So you know, I'm supposed to. <laughs> Hope I'm gonna show. But so my teeth are always showing. So you know, when you bite down on your mouthpiece, you're like like that. So yeah. sometimes I'm smiling, but it's funny how it's been happening. So I'm biting down because I'm kind of tensing up, taking a hit. But it looks like I'm smiling. So people are like you always smiling. But it comes from, man, just a good perspective, you know, just being being thankful for where I'm at, man. And, uh, there it is. Look, 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 look. I don't have a no, mouth. Which way? I'm that, smiling right there. That's, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. <laughs> that <was> a, <laughs> so that one was a real smile. But it's funny how it all plays out. But it's just having that energy, man, and, and making other people feel good, man, and um, really genuinely being a good person, man, just doing the right things. But it's my perspective is in the right place. You know, I play football. It, it is a blessing, bro. I don't – everybody don't get to do it. Everybody don't get to experience it. So – um, not taking it for granted, man. It helps me be smiling and joyful life. When is it? When did you say to yourself, "Hey, I want to be a, a pro football player"? Was mm. it very young? Was it like yeah. college? Like when did you say, "This is what I want to do. This is That's my plan"? Great question. I so I started playing football in the sixth grade. It took me a while to even like the game. Sixth grade is not common, you know, right? You, yeah, people start Close lower. Some, yeah, but then as I got older, I got better, and uh, it was really in college. So college, my sophomore year, um, I started against University UW. Okay. The dog. So they was just in championship, everything. They're a great organization. I mean, program. And uh, I had my first start, and I, I balled out. I was a sophomore young guy, and I, I balled out against a D1 team. I was going against Marcus Peters and some other guys, and I actually I went for like seven catches, like 100, 100 something yards, and a touchdown. And that's when I knew I, I, I got a chance at this. I was competing with the top dog, so I was like, man, I think I can do it. So that's when it kind of hit. And so you had. Um like a couple of seasons stand out to me. Your mm-hmm. 2021 season yes. with the Patriots, first year, mm-hmm. you did really well, yes. career high in yardage. Mm-hmm. Next year, down year. Mm-hmm. Was that the offensive coordinator? <laughs> well, okay, well, well, you tell me yeah, what yeah. it was. I have my so, own thoughts about it. But what, what, So it was what? a mixture for me. So honestly, as, as, as I look within, you know, I want to take things head on. Matt Patricia was a was a tough decision, of course. Yeah, and people, a everybody de- questioned it. So a defensive coordinator, career defensive coordinator exactly, on offense. Exactly. So everybody questioned it. So it was going around the world, and so you know it was in a locker room. So same thing. So kind of falling into the victim of why is he OC or why this or why that. And also, I was a uh, I kind of got complacent in a sense of having my best year, and then I thought I was going to come in and just fall into place. But you know, you have to earn your keep. You have to work hard. So I learned that every year I'm coming in. Working hard and earning my spot, earning my, and that's the Patriot way. Bill right. don't play about you got to earn your leisure in a sense. So I um I struggled, man. I struggled. I uh, just wasn't taking care of my body the same as I was in 2021, and then in 2023, I really took everything that I learned from that year to really not do. So whatever I did in 2022, yeah, I'm like, do the opposite. I'm gonna just focus on myself yeah. and not outside control what I could control and so it was a mixture of both for me. Who did you guys think was gonna be the offensive coordinator? Because I mean, Patricia. Mm. That that was a shock. So losing Josh was tough because Josh yeah. was really good. He he helped for me. I had a good relationship with him, and he helped me grow as a player. He had a complex offense. And who did we think? I don't I don't really remember. Cause they it was a bunch of decisions, but I'm not sure if I can. I don't know who was in like the the standings for the job. 
so sometimes I'm, I, I would say, and maybe people who work with me would agree with this. For the most part, I'm a nice guy. For mm-hmm. the most part, yeah. And sometimes I got a little, you know, <laughs> like some hater streaks in me every now and then, like you know, to get the little, you know, conversations going. So I've had debates with people, okay. and I say, Matt Patricia did not. We know he's not an offensive mind, not an imaginative. No. Uh, but on defense, but Bill O'Brien is a career offensive coordinator, yeah. and the offense went down. I I've debated that Matt Patricia did a better job than Bill O'Brien. It's what fun. do you think? It's funny because he did have a better record at one point. Than More points, he finished better. Third downs, everything yeah. was better. And so that's where it gets hard, man. Because and, and it comes down to the players too. You know, we got to pull our our weight also. It, it can't just be them coaching. Because Matt Patricia, he he knows football. So Bill O'Brien knows football. So when you coach defense, you kind of know what offense does. It, it, it definitely doesn't resonate. But they know football. So ultimately, it got to be player camaraderie. Uh, coaches working together and, and going to play for this common goal. And I right. think th- it wasn't – it just didn't gel in both seasons, man. It wasn't – everybody wasn't chasing the same thing. It has to be the perfect team. To get to a point like this in the Super Bowl, you have to have the perfect team and everything has to be going right. So it just wasn't that. You started talking about it. 2023, uh-huh. you were off to an amazing Thank start. You, and you. then, you know, the injury happened. Mm-hmm. What do you think your? I mean, you're still only like 28 years old. What do yes, you think sir. your ceiling is as yeah. a, a wide receiver? How do you I, see yourself? I think the sky's the limit, man. I think I don't really have a ceiling. So it's funny because in San Francisco, you know, I played kind of a role player um, coming in on third down. And then in Patriots, I was that role. And then I kind of kept building up to being kind of the guy last year, as you saying. And so I feel like I have a lot of traits to me. I, I don't care about being the guy. I would love to be the guy. Everybody does. Want the ball, all that. But I'm able to play that third down role and, and wait and then go and make a play. So I've experienced so much in my in my seven years that I feel like I have a lot of value to me. And I, and I take that, you know, seriously. So uh, just just the person I am, my perspective is right. So if I got to be the blocker, I'm going to be the blocker. If I got to be the pass catcher, if I got to be the running back to decoy, I'm going to do it because there's a common goal that I want to reach. I want the Super Bowl. So having that mentality, I think I could fit anywhere. Who's the best receiver in the league? Mm. Who's, who's the guy that you look up to? I mean, you, you know, just you look at and say, okay. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is. Yeah, everything he does from, from releases to, to, to down the field. And he's not a blazing fast guy. And that's what I am. I'm not super fast. I don't have those traits. But there's a way that you can play to be threatening every single play. And I think he does that every time. So he's somebody that I admire, man. He's a great person. I talked to him a little bit before we played him in the game. And uh, he's super cool, man. And so you've got uh, you've got some decisions to make. Yeah. Uh, what would you What would you like to do? I mean, you played for Bill Belichick last year, and mm-hmm. now in New England they got Coach Mayo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you want to play for Coach Mayo back there, or what, you know, what, what, you, you interested That's, in exploring the it's field? It's definitely see big what's on out my there? big on my heart to play for Mayo. It's big. Um, obviously the Patriots, what you, Patriots what you, organization. So yeah. he, so he has. I have a good relationship with him. We uh, he was there for the three years. He's obviously been there his whole life, which is great. But he was there for the three years, and I just, he's always cool in the, in the hallway saying, What's up? Trying to get people's energy up. You know, he'll come mess with you. You, you seem like you're down. He'll, you know, he'll try to get you going. And yeah. those little details go a long way for me because I feel like I'm that kind of guy where I want to push my guys. If the energy's down, I, you take my energy, use my energy to get your perspective right or whatever it may be. So I feel like those traits are, are positive for a locker room. He's like a glue kind of guy. So um, I'm just excited, man. I, I would love to be a Patriot again. That is that is my first desire. But you know how free agency goes, right? right? It's just it's up and down. You don't know who wants you. There, there might be teams that want me, but they'll never tell me that they want me. They're just playing the game too. So it's just a, 
it's a it's a business and they're in there negotiating does he fit here does he fit there so whoever would like me it's my job to do what i'm best at to give them the best opportunity to win and myself Man, I, i'll tell you, you you guys are fortunate that you didn't have the uh uh, like hard knocks cameras on you guys last <laughs> year. Oh my goodness, year. bro. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because hey, I, 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 I got to say, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on there. But you could tell from afar mm-hmm. that there was a lot going. How would you describe the 2023 season? I'm, I'm sure you're glad uh, to pass it, but how would you even, describe it? The, the whole three years I was there it was a rebuild. It's a rebuild. So, you know, Patriots dynasty, it, it, it's a rebuild. They're trying to get back to where they were. So that's the word I would use. It's a real rebuild and they have to find the right pieces. So, I feel like I'm a good fit. I feel like I personally, I, I felt great there and I feel like I was a positive to the team, but it's just certain pieces that have to be moved around so that they can get back to what they were. And and Bill and Belichick was one of them. So, you know, an era that's coming to an end, you see uh, McCourty leaving those, it's just those groups are leaving. Hey, There's your former quarterback. Oh my God. Fourth and one, man. Hey. And so uh, Cam Newton, can't that guy. Cam Newton walking by. That's a great guy. Game changer. Man, game, sure says. game changer. Game changer. Not a game manager. Game changer. Game changer. <laughs> so that's what I feel like I am. I'm a game changer. No, <laughs> no, nah, but it's 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 great, man. We'll we'll see that what, what the Patriots come to with Mayo. I think he's he's the answer for that change, and to meet the young guys in the middle and also have the vets gel together and bring you, that glue. I know you've been asked this question a hundred times. Here's one hundred one, because it's such a mystery. What happened with Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. That first year, yeah, I mean, he was at the Pro Bowl. He was in exactly, the Pro Bowl bro. kicking it. I remember the pictures you guys took. Doing you're a out, like everybody's together. And then what happened to Mac? Man, bro, it was just it was just the environment. It was I think it was the circumstances. So, so it's I, the environment more. You think he, he still has some? He has it. He He's has. It. He has it. I'm a Mac Jones fan. We got a great relationship. Um, we were working hard in 2023. We were doing extra meetings together, and I think it was just. It was just not the right scenario in a sense. So hopefully this year with the new OC, if, if he's back there, that it can work out, that, it, that it's the final moment. But it's the same thing I say with the Born Blessed brand. It's the perspective. If you can use what you've been through to be better and change and use it all as fuel, he, he can get back to what he, what he wants to be. But if, if, like I said, in 2022, when I kind of fell victim to the environment and why this, why that. It's hard to do, isn't it's it? It's hard. Though? It's hard. You gotta, so it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's gonna, it's, and Mac is a first-rounder. Expectations, so many eyes on him. There's no telling what he deals with. So just having to use it all as few, I think he'll be all right. Then as a quarterback, everything mm. you say. It's, I'm looking everything at you. Everything you say. They, they parse it. Like, okay. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you can kind of give your opinion as a wide receiver and everybody's not going to scrutinize every word exactly. but as a receiver body language i mean as a quarterback body language <sighs> words you know. that clip when he was cussing out oh, yeah. it, it, was it was everywhere it was everywhere so like that was a funny clip so now. just he'll he'll learn good. from learning from those things those little details of covering your mouth it's it's little <laughs> as a quarterback they're never going to be looking Get at one of those cards like those yeah whatever it may be so i think he can use all that those those down years as fuel man to get back to the player that he know he can be man it's a pleasure talking yes, to you sir. kendrick Bourne, and uh, i hope you're back in new england yes sir it's appreciate it bro thank you and, brother. And best of luck with uh born blessed yes sir thank you brother That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 